Welcome, friends, to Tanked Up, the podcast about video games and craft beer. I'm one of your hosts, Ben. It's episode 262. I'm here with Lucy. Evening. Hello. Good evening. Good evening. And we're also here. I'm working on my Queen's English, so I don't <laughs> sound like a brummy. <laughs> Good. Uh, we're also here with Adel. Please, please also, your, your best Queen's English. Hello! <laughs> you just wave. That's yeah, no. Uh, hi. Hello. I don't do that. Uh, I could do that, I suppose. Dance, monkey dance, something, something, something. There's a cat yelling out of my door right when I was about to, oh, am I going to do this? It was like, nah. <laughs> Bail. Nah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, we are a video game and craft beer podcast. We drink some beers, we talk about video games and anything that takes our fancy during our little hangout in the evening. If you're around, come and chat to us. Come and let us know what you're drinking or the games that you've been playing. But for us, we're going to open some beers. Uh, Lucy, what are you kicking off with this week? I'm going to start with a Don Zoko beer. Um, don't usually see these. Uh, well, mm. I was going to say in the wild. I haven't been in the wild in <laughs> quite some time, but um, just, just, just usually, just when I'm shopping around. So, mm-hmm. um, this is the Edge of Town beer. It's an old school IPA. It's six percent. It's a big old five hundred mil can, I believe. Yep, five hundred mil. Okay, let me read the flavour text. It says Edge of Town is an old school IPA, rippingly bitter with American hops. Chinook, Columbus, and Citra, heavy in the whirlpool and dry hop. Intense resinous pine and spiky grapefruit is backed up with sweet caramel malt. Nice. So yeah, that's one. Yeah, I mean, traditional IPA, expecting more of a malty backbone. Mm-hmm. You know, probably come out a bit amberish in colour. Uh, rather these like you know very modern New England IPAs, which are just like juice, yellow <laughs> juice. So yeah. Uh, looking forward to this. Good, good. I don't think I've ever had uh, IPA from Don Zoco. Lots of different sort lager. of lagers <laughs> and variations of. Um, <laughs> yeah, never anything more. So it'll be interesting to see what you think. Yeah. Uh, Adol, what it's are you me. going to drink? Uh, I'm going to drink from this glass. Good. <laughs> I'm going to drink uh, <laughs> the. Uh, <laughs> Wiper and That's True Collaboration Series Entry number 22, which is Wiper and True and Verdant's Farmhouse Spelt Pills. It is a 440ml can, 5.5%, 17 of your iboos. The hops are Holler Tower Traditional, the yeast is Escarpment Labs Crispy Vec, and Brettomyces Q. Uh, the malts are Bal- Bark Pilsner, which is a barley, and Spelt, which is, of course, a wheat. Uh, brewed with verdant, this mixed fermentation beer draws inspiration from the iconic Pilsner style. Crispy Kvek yeast blends Im- blend emulates the traditional clean profile of a Pilsner, but the higher fermentation temperature allows the Brettomyces to express itself. A crisp, clean beer that will evo- evolve to reveal more Brett funk in the months to come. Suitable for vegans. It's also Good. in a very shiny can Shag instead of, of the white ones that usually get with Wiper and True, such that it's kind mm. of difficult with a, a light facing my face um, to read the tin. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, their mixed fermentation beers have been um, without their white labels. I think since they um, since they started. I remember the um, <clears throat> the thingy one I had, the beer festival one from from last year. Yeah. Uh, that that one, which was part of that series. Um, again, it might have just been a white label uh, with black writing on, without any of their you know big gold. Yeah, the uh, um, sort of logos like... and images and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Nice, nice. Um, for me, I got two bigger beers today, um, both of which are from Boundary, and they come kind of direct from the brewery via Callum, um, long-time listener, uh, who's been on the show as well before. You can go back and find the episode that Callum featured on. Uh, we've been swapping a few beers, so I sent him over some from um, some more local beers, including that uh, left-handed giant Utajijili, the owl people, king of the woodland uh, beer. And he sent me over some beers from Boundary. So, I'm going to crack into these. The first one is a double IPA at 8%. And it is called, rather long, I was never sure how much of you I could let in. Um, it is dry hopped with 22 grams per litre of Nelson Sauvon and Mosaic. So, we'll see. That's the only flavour text I get. As I say, it's 8%. Hmm. Lucy, we'll come back to you. Yeah, just poured it. Um, yeah, definitely getting a that nice caramel, sweet kind of aroma to it. Mm, looks lovely. It's a lovely colour. Yeah, as I thought. Yeah, it's it's, it's quite hazy. Um, so still got that going for it, but it's definitely like what you look at is like, oh yeah, that's an old school IPA colour. Um, it's probably coming up a bit more reddish on the camera, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, slightly orangey, slightly ambery. Put a nice two finger white head. Yeah, but yeah, getting a little bit of um, that citra on the on the smell as well. A little bit of citrus. Mm-hmm. Does look lovely. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. This is proper. Mm. Proper old school. Do we well, do we call it old school now? I guess it is um, kind of traditional, maybe traditional. Mm. Yeah, I guess yeah. middle school. Um, <laughs> well, it's true that not many people are making IPAs like this, but yeah, definitely right out right out of the gate, getting that like nice maltiness, um, and it's very bitter, which is good. Hmm. Yeah, I wish. Tell me what the IBUs on this is. But the, but that even so, that bitterness is just it's very well rounded out with a slight bit of fruit mm-hmm. um, uh, on the front end, but definitely getting that bitter aftertaste. Um, yeah, it's quite a. I guess it's a little bit dry as well. Mm. So. You know, you're encouraged to go back for that extra sip. Mm. Um, but yeah, long, long, bitter finish. I'd say. Mm. Nice. Sounds great. Yeah, it's. I mean, if you need to drink in craft beer, then maybe you haven't <laughs> had a traditional old school IPA. <laughs> but this is just like, yes, this is what what, what they were. Yeah. You know, there's nothing wrong with. 
reiterating, you know, like, not reiterating, like, iterating mm-hmm. on the style and changing things up, but sometimes, yeah, you just want a good old bitter beer. Yeah, you know? yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I think there's lots of um, more younger um, kind of breweries stepping into that as well. You know, lots of them doing milds at the moment. Um, we've seen sort of um, uh, a few of them doing bitters and stuff as well over the sort of the last couple of years. But it seems to be a little bit of a trend for people to kind of sort of take a step back uh, a few years rather than sort of chasing all of the sort of the new trends and the new hops and things, thinking actually let's try something that we've not done before, but something we may have drank an, a hell of a lot of from other people through the years. So it's interesting to yeah. see when these people do, when these breweries do sort of step back to um, older sort of styles. Yeah. And as I say, it's got that nice multi backbone, but mm. it isn't, because a lot of times you get these like really cheap IPAs and it's like, yes, we're IPA. It just means, oh, you just, it's just maltiness and nothing else. Yeah. And it's just like a bit metallic, a bit malty. And it's like, oh, this is an old school IPA. And it's like, just didn't really put any hops in it. <laughs> you put like one hop in it and uh, just a, a ton of malt. But um, no, this is, this is good. It's got, it's got sort of like a, push and pull kind of thing because mm-hmm. as I say it's very dry so you, you're encouraged to take another sip but at the same time it's got such a long finish that you can go a little bit longer mm. without having to you know um, refresh your palate with more beer so nice sounds good I think I think this one is uh, I'm probably gonna I'm not gonna like just finish it <laughs> like some of these you know, uh, some of these New England IPAs are just so juicy and <laughs> so easy and, you know, dangerously easy where I'm just going to knock it back. I think this is much one that nice to savour. Um, mm. Yeah, this is good. Nice. good. It's really good. Perfect. I mean, You've sold me on it. I think this might be first time I've ever had a IPA from Don Zoko mm. as well. But just like their lager, it's just like very traditional so this is i don't know maybe they just make it <laughs> traditional styles yeah <laughs> yeah just keep doing that nice it's good good yeah. um, I, I think i think one last thing just like the alcohol i think it's six percent but i think maybe it's that bitterness that's just making it a bit more heavy because i'd say it's about medium body but okay it, it feels like you're getting that alcohol and you're getting quite a heavy beer mm. but that might might be owing to the bitterness yeah. more than the actual body and alcohol content, but yeah, I'm just gonna chill out. Yeah, carry on. Nice, nice. Uh, Adol, <laughs> we'll come to you then for the Wiper and True Verdant um, collaboration. First off, on the pour, you could you could smell the, the that yeast and especially the bread coming off of it. Um, mm. Also, it pours as you can see, like. Um, for a farmhouse pills, it's it's pretty clear, but not yeah. transparent, right? You you can see my finger through it, but you can't see the details. Which for something I think it said something like a clean pills. It's like mm. right, you can tell that this is farmhouse style, right? It's um, it's a pilsner lager, but it's still gonna be a, a little dirtier, so to speak. Um, yes. <laughs> Nasty. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Ah, man, that reminds me of when we were at the pub yesterday, and I almost made Ben's oh. spit take, but... 
Uh, I don't even remember what it was, was about. No, I don't either. But don't it was know, a full-on... Half smirking through the mouthful, then the swallow. It's like, oh man, if I had known that I was going to be this close to it, I would have put a little more effort in that joke, whatever it was. I think it's just just the joy of being together again. Yeah. Actually being out somewhere and having a beer. Yeah. um, Okay, so sidebar, it was kind of ironic that we went planned to go with people we haven't seen much of because of Mm -hmm. the old pandemic. But actually, because of ye old weather of Britain. Uh, the only yeah, people who showed up were, were Ben and I, and it was like, oh, I see you several times a week for a chat online. It's nice to be like face to face, but it really feels like we're just chatting like we do most days. <laughs> yeah. uh, it was it was lovely, but yeah, it was just kind of funny that it turned out to not actually be sort of new people. Um, mm-hmm. Not to disparage your company, obviously. Of course, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like you are. Yeah, I was real <laughs> bored with Ben. I was like, fuck this fucker again. <laughs> now he's got to talk to me again tonight. That's it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, this beer. Um, it's a beer. No, um, it's really clean tasting. Um, it's definitely a lager. That sort of slightly nutty lagery pilsner aftertaste is quite light. And it's pear. And it, I think this is probably from the yeast, but it's got a bit of a lemony upswing on the finish. Which helps fight back the kind of um, dry, less pleasant aftertaste you sometimes get with lagers. Um, so I think it's, mm. it's really well designed that way, where it's like this is a farmhouse lager. Uh, it's clearly a pilsner. Uh, it's not. It's it's a it's a wiper and true. So it's going to be. It's quite light in all the flavors, but they're not. It's like nuanced, right? Not not weak. And this is doing the same thing. Um, Yeah, I mean, there's a slight citrusiness throughout. Uh, I see what they're saying on a, multiple sips about the brett coming in, giving it a bit more earthiness, making it a bit less like a standard lager, giving it something something else to look for, which is nice because it's still got the light airiness of a pills or a farmhouse ale even. Um, but the more I'm having it, uh, the more I'm getting something else. And I think it's this, the thing they bragged about on the can about, um, the, the Brett coming out, coming through. I'm, I'm feeling different flavors, a little more earthiness, that tartiness. Like I said, that citrus upswing, which I actually think is just other things fading away, but it just means that if tastes, it finishes quite refreshing while having a bit, a bit of this dankness and still the sort of lagery, uh, aftertaste it just because it, it has that citrus swing on the uh, uh, near the finish it just helps you not mm. like you be okay with it instead of like oh yeah now I'm at the bad part of the lager I'll just keep drinking more and get to the good parts again which you often have mm-hmm. um, or at least I find that the, the way lagers finish isn't to my taste and so it's nice to have that taste so that it's still clearly doing the thing but like again in this like nuanced way where it's being balanced out by something um, I really like that finish. Nice. But it's really quick to get there. So I'm not sure. I think I'm going to take small sips quite often. Take sort of, because ex- like, mm-hmm. the, you know, I, I babble about the taste curve. The whole taste curve is quite short from start mm-hmm. to finish because it's just a lightish beer. Um, so for me to experience all those moments, I just don't have to um, wait that long between sips. But I also don't need big sips to get there. So unlike Lucy, who I think is going to be taking small, medium sips for a while, 
I think I'm going to take the small yeah. sips quite frequently and then absentmindedly the odd bigger one or if I'm thirsty. So we'll, we'll see how mm-hmm. long it lasts. But it's really quite good. Um, and it's actually re- refreshing to, to have something that feels like a craft lager. Yeah. Like, there's so much nuance. There's interesting balance. The, the, the multiple yeasts are doing things interestingly. But it still is like giving me some farmhouse, giving me some pills. It's farmhouse pills. Uh, yeah. But it's still clearly Weapon True and Verdant. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Very, very good. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Verdant have. Um, I don't know how much of it they've started brewing yet, but they are doing sort of. Um, some extra beers as well going back to styles that they don't normally do um, I can't remember what the series is called I saw something a couple of weeks ago whether it was a blog post from them or, or, or something shared elsewhere but yeah they're looking at sort of expanding the sort of the styles that they're doing and things as well so it'd be interesting to see whether that keeps that same kind of quality we know from verdant beers and, uh, and you know, it, as we were talking about yesterday, Adel, um, you know, you, you you can taste a verdant beer, and you know it. You can taste a wiper and true beer, and you kind of you, you know you can pick those out. Certain breweries that that have those certain qualities to them. So it'd be interesting to see when they delve into different styles, whether you still get that quality. Mm. I think wiper and true do fantastically at almost being able to turn their hand to anything, and it's still having that same level of quality to it. And and um, and. Distinct quality, I think, is the crazy. Yes, thing. it's this yes, absolutely, always yes. very clear, nuanced, but like just not having to yell. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's like stage yeah. whispering. It's loud enough that everyone can hear it and appreciate it, but it's still a whisper. Mm. <laughs> That's a good way to describe it. Nice. Um, have you have any final thoughts before I move on to this band? No, 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 go for it. I, I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm curious if by the end of this, I'll have more to say about the yeasts and wh- whether the trade-off is as they say on the tin. But right now, thoughts are fine. So, how, cool. can you tell us about nice. yours? Um, it's it's lovely. It's very very easy. Uh, I've already sunk a little bit, but it's super kind of thick in the glass, um, mm. very orangey in color. Didn't pour with much head, but it laces around the glass nicely um, as soon as I cracked the can you did get that fruity aroma coming off a little bit of pininess on the nose as well uh, which was very very nice uh, as I cracked it in the flavour you're getting that Nelson so so much uh, there's a lot of grape on this Low, absolutely loads of it and it gives it that slightly more dry flavour and feel to it without it being too dry so it, it, it sort of sticks around quite nicely um, there's also maybe a little bit of mango in there sort of backing it up um, a little bit of citrus in as well but it's a very nice sort of full flavor you know you get the grape you get a little bit of fruit you get a little bit of citrus in there as well a very very slight sweetness kind of towards the end um, which does give away that it's a bit more of a bigger beer as well so you kind of get that this is up towards and it is 8% um, you feel that on the beer definitely uh, but it's very easy it's just it's, it's. I think they've used Nelson really really well in this um, 
and balanced it with that mosaic perfectly. So it's not one or the other of those. They they flow and blend together very very well. Mm. Um, so this is an excellently balanced beer. Um, could do with it having a bit more of a bitter finish. Okay. I think if this did have more bitterness on the end and maybe you know a little bit of a lasting bitterness, this would be a an absolutely like five star beer. Um, it's just it's just missing, just missing that little bit. You, you'll mention. I think you've turned yourself off, Adol. I can see your mouth moving. Yeah. Couldn't you? I was just like you're mentioning numbers. <laughs> well, let's not say five star. Let's say a top, very very high quality top end beer um, for this year. Uh, but it just yeah just needs that little push. Um, they, they've they tried sort of juice bomb dipper. Using some slightly more reserved hops to not quite give you that full juice bomb, but to still give you a very full flavour, um, giving you lots of different very balanced things. So this is this is really well made. Nice. Mmm. Mmm. Very very easy. Good. Let's enjoy all of these beers. Let's oh. talk about some stuff. Mine looks like a lambic right now. <laughs> <laughs> All the heads just, just hold gone. it. Yeah, just hold it up to the light, and she's like, "Yep, yeah, perfect." This is exactly <laughs> it. We, we when we were out yesterday at um, at Left Handed Giant, someone um, had just ordered a bottle of Cantillon, and mm. we were like, mm, mm, "Do we? We yes. probably do." The so we had a look. Always, yeah. We had a look, and it was sold out. So obviously those people had just had the last bottle. (laughs) Like, well, we've missed it, haven't we? Um, Yeah. It's fine. I think think one of my favourite memories was going to uh, somewhere in Birmingham. It's actually called Cork and Cage. And they had a Cantillon day on. um, uh, Several of their beers on. And there was this very, very nice couple who were like, yeah, we're not going to finish all of this. <laughs> have some, you know, have some of that. And they and they bought a lot more than me. <laughs> and it's just like, uh, <laughs> why? Thank you, thank you for letting me Perfect. have some, you know, a third of your bottle. <laughs> nice. Damn. Yeah, extremely nice couple. Um, Good. I miss Good. times. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> One of the joys of actually being able to go out to places yeah. and meet people. I miss I miss uh, mooching and sponging off other people's. <laughs> Wait, this is this is a bottle share, isn't it? You just turn up with a little <laughs> bottle of punk IPA and just put it on the table. <laughs> oh no! Not even I'm. Oh no! I, I'd, I'd never live that down. I was going to say, I'd have to go to church like right afterwards. Just, <laughs> yeah. You know. Confess my sins. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. Right. Let's. Um, yeah. Let's let's kick into sort of the games we've been playing. Um, I think I might jump in uh, quickly just to talk about Genesis Noir um, from Feral Cat Den and um, uh, Fellow Traveler. I think it might be the publisher. Yes, yeah, the yeah. publisher. Yeah. Um, we provided code through Evolve. Um, and I've been sort of sat on it for a little while. Um, having seen a few stills of it, I, I didn't really feel like I was in the mood for this very artsy um, sort of what's built again as like a point and click um, adventure game. Um, and 
I would suggest my chat about this is going to be similar to my chat about Buildings Have Feelings 2 in that it, it is a point-and-click game, but it's a really, really abstract point-and-click game. And I think that really works for it, but also is a little to its detriment. So Genesis Noir has this beautiful, very hand-drawn, very sort of jazzy um, black and white aesthetic to it with a little bit of colour, a little bit of gold splashed in every now and again based upon what you're looking at or, or an object that you may need to, to sort of discover. And you're playing as this detective who, um, at the beginning of the game, um, sees someone f shooting at a woman on a bed, right? And the story is all about kind of that relationship, the, how the detective fits into that relationship, but told within the genesis of the universe and life itself, and then even going further than that as well, and, and looking what do you into mean, the artsy, future. Fartsy. Come on, ben, this is... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I said fancy. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, I someone who's thinking fancy. <laughs> <laughs> it is absolutely beautiful, and mm -hmm. there's some some absolutely lovely kind of effects when you're uh, um, kind of the, the the motion isn't like man walking along. It's kind of it's almost that kind of slightly. It's not not still frame kind of images, but but it will it will pause at very good times rather than the man just sort of walking along. It's an arm swing, and then you move across the screen, and his arms in the next sort of position, like old um, old old school animation. Yes, yes, it's sort of like you know, and it, it fits that fifties kind of vibe as well in terms of uh, um, sort of the jazz. A lot of uh, um, really good music in this, but it, it kind of really pulls away from that towards the end of the game as well and goes absolutely nuts in a really, really good way and plays with colour and a few other things fantastically in sort of what it looks to do and breaks from the aesthetic that you're kind of used to uh, in, a, in, a, in a very good sort of way. Um, I, th I think the way I'd quickly describe it is, speaking of the 50s, it's like Dumbo's acid trip. <laughs> it is. It is. It's like you almost you're you're sort of sat in the fifties, and it's like you almost jump into the late sixties for sort of the end of the game, having taken a fuckload of drugs, and it's just been like, hey, we're just gonna do some stuff, right? We 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 we've, we've kind of progressed through the story in terms of the characters that we've got, but also up to kind of modern day in terms of the history of how things have got to this point and now we can kind of hypothesize massively about where things will go and what the um, sort of cyclical relationship is of this sort of like time traveling kind of detective that you're playing as and all of this sort of stuff and it, 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 mold, it melds those two sort of elements of that story in very very well so well that at times you're sort of like how how is this how does this relate back to the characters? I can see where mm. they're going with just, and then suddenly it will. And you're like, right, I completely get it. Yeah, I see exactly what I've just experienced and how that works with these characters, and why this character is then portrayed as kind of, you know, one of the uh, beings that created the universe, sort of thing, and, and and why the the woman that he obviously loves or has 
has feelings for is sort of called a god at the beginning of this at the beginning of this game. So there's lots of stuff that ties in really really well. So aesthetic, music, story all works really really well. My only issue with it is that the point and click aspects of it is even more abstract than this sort of than the art style. So there are very classic point and click sort of things. You click on this, it comes up and you go, right, yep, yeah, this is this is the thing I needed to find. It will then progress me into the next sort of scene. Occasionally you've got to hunt for some stuff, uh, which is fine and there's sort of red herrings uh, about and it just might be, oh, here is just a thing. It has no bearing on what you're doing. It might give you a little bit of exposition, but nothing sort of else. And you, you're not expected to carry anything along with you. So there's no sort of like inventory management or creating things that go, it's just... Here is a thing. Cool. We now move the story along. Mm. Uh, or here is a thing. It doesn't do anything. Keep looking for what is sort of next. And you have different areas where you're walking sort of either along a 2D plane. You might then be walking in a sort of 3D environment. Um, it mixes that up a little bit too, which that slight shift in perspective is, is occasionally awkward in this sort of with the point and click mechanics. So you're like, what am I... Where is the next thing that it expects me to do? Like, doesn't signpost that um, very well. It, it kind of just wants you to explore around without giving you many cues as to that you what should you explore around. Mm. Um, and it's it's the only thing that kind of not annoyed me, but that I just felt wasn't quite as developed as the rest of this. And I did have a bug where my cursor. Um, just stayed as a tiny little dot. Uh, normally when you hover over things, it will change the, the icon to say what you can do. So whether it is something you can uh, look at, uh, a space that you can move into, an arrow to be able to sort of move around the screen, just stayed as a dot. So everything, I had to just click on everything. I'm like, no, I, I don't want to do this. I quit out. Uh, went back into the game and it fixed itself, okay. but it put Is me it right. Uh, yeah, on PC. Yeah, put, uh, on through um, Game Pass. Um, mm. oh, okay. But it put me right back at the beginning of the chapter, and oh. I didn't realise that I was right at the end of the chapter. So I played the whole oh. thing through again. Literally had one thing to click on, and it would have dumped. It would have put me out of the end of that chapter. So then I was just like, well, you know, it's another twenty minutes to go through that, but I knew exactly kind of what I was doing, and actually. But part of that awkwardness and part of, I think, why it's sort of a very abstract kind of point and click is during that chapter, which happened to be talking about kind of life starting up, um, you go kind of under the sea and there's lots of shapes and it's you know meant to give you the impression that these kinds of, you know, single-celled organisms were the ones that then evolved into, um, into creatures and you have sort of sequences where there's just these things floating in the sea and all you've got to do is hover your cursor over all of them and they will create a shape. Hmm. That's, that's it. And I'm like, okay, it's it's not really kind of point and clicky or puzzly. You're just making me do something with the cursor yeah. to kind of move on. So so like, it, like almost like it, it, at times there's gameplay and at times there's just not quite enough. Mm -hmm. And I think most of the time there's not quite enough. Mm. There's not a huge amount of gameplay through this. It is very much a... It's not quite a visual novel. 
Um, there is there is bits to do, and there, there are occasional bits where um, you come up against a um, a guy playing the double bass, and you've got this saxophone, and you start to play it, and you have to match. Um, there's there's four tiles, and you've got four tiles, a slightly different kind of they they angle across the screen, and his four tiles will angle across the screen like this. And they'll light up in sequence, and you have to match that, and it does that sort of several times. So there are parts of this which feel inter more interactive than a lot of the other stuff, which kind of just felt like do something here, mm. rather than just sort of watching yeah. what we're trying to tell you. There's there's something to do, um, but I, it didn't detract much apart from my cursor changing into a tiny dot and it making it very hard to know what I was sort of looking to do, um, th th that didn't detract really at all from wanting to experience this absolutely nuts story and experiencing this aesthetic and kind of the, the, the journey that it was sort of taking me on. So I think it's very well made, really well put together. Um, how long the studios, was it? Oh, I don't know. Does Game Pass tell you how long no, you played not something on PC. for? We, we, know, we went over this where we tried to figure it out a few episodes. to how long to be. I think it's only like two, three About hours, three, maybe maybe three, three and a half hours, something like that. I think it was a little longer than I thought it was going to be. Um, only because when you when you choose a chapter to play through, well, four and you've and a half got hours. this... Yeah. Oh, really? Was it really? Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. Sorry. So you've got this um, the, the, the character that fires the gun at the, at the woman that you kind of um, are, are, have feelings for, have been with, and um, it creates this huge like bullet trail moving through sort of towards this character, and that's your sort of chapter select screen. Aww, so you go into that, nice. and you can pick different points. And what's clever is there's lots of different points lit up, and one you click on one, and it just brings up an image that might say uh, you just missed it. And then you have to you come out of that and it's not that one and you sort of have to hunt on those you know there might be like 30 things to pick but only maybe eight or nine chapters something like that that you kind of go through and even you might not even click eight because you've got like a prelude getting you to that point which you don't click into sort of things but anyway um it, it's, it's it presented fantastically and everything works really really well um but yeah a couple of little Little things, which for that short amount of time, I was more than happy to yeah, just 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 brush past. Um, and the, yeah, the last chapter, the last say half an hour of this game, is just nuts. And re really good, <laughs> but absolutely yeah. nuts. And just yeah. changes, just just changes enough that you're like, wow, what is going on? Um, in a really good way. So I would I would absolutely encourage because it's free on Game Pass. Yeah, yeah. Everyone with Game Pass to play this. It's been on my list. Mm. Um, it's like I pre-downloaded it as soon as I knew that it was coming to the service, and just like just haven't got around to it yet. But um, yeah, yeah, it it, it, it's, it it seems like a good game to like hear other people's thoughts on it because it's so abstract. That it's, it feels like can't really be spoiled that much on it. It's very much an experiential thing, so. Yeah, I, I definitely. It, it, it is, it that. is, and people will kind of read into it and take away from their own sort of understanding of things what this game is sort of saying because it is so abstract, it is so sort of open, and and you know everyone will feel like okay, yeah, I can see this detective and and that he, you know, at first I thought oh he's here to solve a murder, 
know, Genesis noir, that kind of makes sense. Mm. It fits that very well. And obviously the story develops, as a lot of noir stories do, into being much more of this kind of love story. Um, but then, yeah, super crazy and different from any noir or even detective story that I've ever seen mm-hmm. pulling in this whole idea of creation and where that comes from and what that could proceed to be so yeah it's um just just so different really yeah. that it's it's worth it i shall get round to it mm, you should you should um it's yeah as you say what was it 4 hours something like that to play mm. so you, you'll too, bash it out. Yeah, I was going to say you'll bash it out in an afternoon, Lucy. But um, <laughs> yeah, for me, I think I sat in maybe three sessions, roughly, mm. and played. You know, it's kind of like an hour here, an hour and a half there, sort of thing. So an extra twenty minutes there. Stalled on my hard drive. Yeah, I, I literally just... queued it up mm. um, as we were speaking. I think I'll give it a go. It sounds like my jam. Even if yes, mm-hmm. I mean to be honest, like might start depending how how bonkers i feel afterwards i might start this like start it just to tail out the night mm. biggest shame is i've got stuff going on tomorrow and the next day in my yes. room via workers so i won't be able to use my pc um, um but maybe get just have a ton of drinks tonight and then start it. Mm. <laughs> okay. i think it seems it, like you can only enhance things well and I, and I think it leads you in quite well um, it doesn't get too crazy too early, so even if you do have a bunch of drinks, like the first hour, you'd be like, "Wow, yeah, this is interesting." I see kind of what they're doing with it. Before it then just like knocks you over the head with the insanity. I mean, that's that my kind, kind of, of game. Mm. I like being knocked on the head, and I like insanity. <laughs> <laughs> we know yeah. this. We know this. Um, cool. Yeah. So that's uh, that's Genesis uh, Noir. Noir. Uh, yeah. That's kind of all I've played nice. this yeah. week, really. Um, I, I know I haven't I haven't delved back into like building stuff feelings too. Um, what else? What was pulling me away from that last week? Ori. Ori, yeah. Well, I, but yeah, I finished that. So, um, oh, I did. Yes. I did start playing um, Zombie Army Four. Oh, it's a army. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dead something. Dead men don't tell lies or whatever it's yeah, called. Yeah, it could be that. Yeah. That came to Game Pass recently. Mm, and it was a, it was the PS Plus game last month. Ah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. It's it's alright. Yeah. Zombies. It's zombies. Them. Shooting some zombies. Third person yeah. zombie shooting. Yeah. It's always fun. Yeah. I mean, it's fun. It'd be it, hard to make a, something that isn't fun shooting. Uh, you, there are zombie time. games out there that I can introduce you to if you want <laughs> proof. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's an entire generation of games from like 2008 to 2015 where zom- everything needed zombies in it and so ever just made zombie games and that was also mm. coincidentally when I got addicted to steam bundles for a while and so got all these crappy games that I never wanted to play because the game I wanted to play was cheaper if it came with four games instead of by itself mm. those four games mm. however mm. Okay, maybe the ones curated for Game Pass and PlayStation Plus yeah, can't be that bad. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, it, was a, it was a zombie-heavy month because it was Days Gone as well. Days Gone, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Which I think if you've got limited time, you've got PS Plus and you've picked up both games, I think I'd go with Days Gone. 
Uh, Zombie Army 4 is will be a shorter experience, I would think, than Days Gone, because that's quite a long, large, open-world game. Um, Zombie Army mm-hmm. 4 is a, a, a corridor shooter, uh, essentially. Um, much like what's the what, what's the other one they make, which is a sniper game. Is it Sniper Elite? Yeah. Sniper Elite. Yeah, yeah. which is... It, it's very similar which to that. Which are all right games, yeah. Mm, mm. I would... I, I think <laughs> Zomb- Zombie Army is definitely much more of a multiplayer game, though. Um, mm-hmm. And I think they made Strange Brigade as well, which is a very similar sort of thing, oh, but it's not yeah. zombies, it's other monsters. So, like, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's more like Tomb Raider style thing and mummies and Egypt and that sort of stuff, from the what monsters, I have, yeah. what I remember of that, having not played it. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I, I know right. I know you've got a copy of this as well, Adol, haven't you? Um, yes. And I, I was think thinking, was, I was just going to ask you if, if, if we might be able to find a time to play. Yes, uh, multiplayer. Because I think that's the Zombarmi game is more mm. geared towards that, as far as I know. Number four. PC. Is there crossplay? That would be nice. I don't know if there is. We can organise a little evening, mm. get together, play some crossplay Zombie Army. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. I, I think it it would definitely be better with with more people. Um, it'd be nice to see how that scales up as well with kind of extra people. Because I haven't found it that difficult. Um, mm-hmm. So. We can. I, I I liked um, Call of Duty Zombies. Yeah. In um, in Black Ops. From, I was going to say from which like, from which game, Lucy? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> from not the last six uh, Call of Duties, from Black Ops and and the one before where the, the zombies were originally in. Was it Modern Warfare? Yeah. The, no, the first one was World World of War. Boy. Well, yeah, God one of War was the first um, zombies one I think. Yeah, Call of Duty, I, I, God I of War, <laughs> and um, yeah, but that got a bit too like uh, okay, we need to put this doohickey here into this wall and do this and do that. And I was just like, I just want to shoot zombies and mm. board up some windows. Mm. Um, you lot go do that stuff. So I always preferred the maps were just like very simple, simple ones. Yeah, <laughs> like, absolutely, yeah. Board up windows, shoot people, not. Say okay, we need to get Nixon over here and um, <laughs> zombie Nixon. Who? who are, no, one Not of the yet. players was a uh, Nixon, actual Nixon, wasn't mm-hmm. right. Nixon. It was like some. Yeah. Anyway, I just know Reagan's <laughs> like, the latest one. It got made confusing. People sad. Was it Reagan? Was it Re- the new one's Reagan? Was Reagan in them? Uh, oh yeah, because they have like actual like proper. Because oh well, uh, oh yes, the the controversy Reagan around Reagan. animated Reagan. Yes. Yeah, and it's it's just get Thatcher in there. R- and just really creep. burn the disc. Oh, oh. Yeah. Call of Duty, the Falklands. Everyone just oh, goes Jesus. fucking nuts. Jesus. Um, I mean, yeah. The for those of our viewers who don't know, the newest Call of Duty game has Reagan cast as if everything he did was right, even though since then people have been like, those are wrong, including conservatives. Like, we don't really think that was a good move. Now, in this game, Reagan's the paragon of great, and you are shooting guns because that's the right thing to do, even as you break international law. Hurrah! Video games aren't political. I mean, it's oh, no. there's no politics in it at all. No, no politics not, not, yeah. at all. Not influential no, as cultural yep. artifacts at all. Nothing, nothing posit- positing the United States of America as being, you know, better than anyone else or anything. It's, it's. No, no we don't get any of that in games. Heavy pocket, pocket. absolute mm-hmm. down the middle, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Good. Good. <laughs> um. 
before we dive into more beers, we've got, another, we've got some, a few uh, you minutes. Guys, to... It's fine. You guys, are, like I said, I, basically what happened was my light beer was light. Mm. Um, so I'm happy to smashed start it, smashed smashed anyway. chatting about a couple of the games I've played over the past couple of weeks mm. yeah, while you'll cool. catch if, if up. You nice. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Talk about the first one and then I'll be good and ready to go yeah. for my second beer. Sounds good. Um, I think I'll start with... Um, so there's... What is the time? Yeah, I can probably talk about all three of them. Um, so, Ben, I think you know which three these are, because I think you, you were in the back seat for two of them, and I know you watched the stream mm-hmm. earlier today. Yes. Um, but last week, uh, I started the day, the stream with Pogo Champ, uh, which mm. I won't say a lot about, because it's, it's, a, it's a small game. The, the dev hopped in the chat, um, and it was nice to chat with him. Um, but it's essentially kind of what you would think. You're a... You're a crash test oh dummy God. on a pogo stick, and you're trying to get to the goal within a certain amount of time. And if you get there fast, you get three stars. If you get there not so fast, you get two stars. And if you get there, you get one. Uh, but it's got some really good physics. It's amazing. Oh, it's it's great. Um, the VOD... I just saw him, like, pogoing across the piano. Yep. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Deceptively hard <laughs> level, that dartboard. one. Oh, my God, this is... Well, the thing oh, is, it's almost brilliant. pogo in a straight line. You're like, yeah, I can do that. Oh, no, no, you can't. Oh, no, I can't. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure... This is basically the crash test dummies yes. game that I played too much of as a kid. Yeah, so, so basically, um, and like it, so you have to worry about, um, you can, like, how powerful you make your jump, and then, and when you land, you have to time hitting jump again so that you can get the full power on the next rebound. Um, but also, you have full control of your tilt, um, which means on flat ground, you have to not tilt a little to the left or a little to the right if you're trying to go forward. It turns out that's a challenge. Um, but as soon as they introduced, like, hills and plains that are different, mm. um, it, it be, that's when I stopped doing well <laughs> for a while because it was like I figured out how to like accelerate and get good jumps forward but then it's like ah but if I land on this like slope that is angled away from me then no matter how much forward momentum I have going into that bounce I'm going to bounce back from that reflecting that angle because it's just angle of incidence equals angle of refraction Mm. Um, which I understood the physics, but I didn't understand with my fingies, and I did poorly. <laughs> <laughs> it was very fun to watch. I, yeah, there was a couple levels where it's like I am very bad at this, but that's okay. Um, and then, uh, and then I found out you could kind of by if you were lying down, you could kind of just roll. Mm. There's a couple couple levels where I just rolled through the level, didn't even bother jumping once. Um, but basically, you would only get a g- game over on your run if your head hit something. So, like, you bounced into a wall or, f- like, bounced into a flip and landed on your head, uh, bounced into a pillar. Um, so there's a lot of recovery available, which gets you... So it's, if you're like, oh, I don't think I can do this, you can kind of do, like, mini bounces and take five times as long as the, ga- the game wants you to do, but get to the end and get your star. Um, and the, the basically, I think it's fun. I think if you're into physics-based platformers and want the challenge, because like there's a leaderboard which you can download the runs of the people, so you can see how mm. they've done it. Which I think was really cool because then it's like, I didn't realize. So like, 
the way to get forward really fast is to basically try and get the angle such that you jump forward and will flip yourself one exact revolution while and like have the forward momentum such that when you land you can then immediately go forward again um but then there was the first level with like a hill was like a slope up all my expertise was gone. I didn't couldn't climb fast enough. Mm. And we looked at the um, the replay of the number one guy, and he flipped backwards into the back wall, such that when he flipped back forwards up the slope, he had enough momentum that he just powered up, and he did it in two and a half seconds, and I could barely get it in twenty. It was like super humbling, because <laughs> um, I was like, I now understand the strat. I will never be able to do this strategy. Yes. <laughs> it is absolutely one of those games where you think, this is the best way to do it. Someone has shown me, I, I will. will never do this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so the last thing I just wanted to say about that, which is like, if that tickles your fancy, check it out on YouTube or whatever. Or... I, I'm currently playing the demo. Nice. Yes, I can see the, the, the color change on the yeah. camera in Discord saying that you're playing the Pogo Champ demo. <laughs> yes. um, but yeah, so the one thing I'll say is... As you go through like the amateur levels and the tutorial levels, or whatever they call these banks of around 10 levels, you get stars and you have to unlock the gate to the next ones. And um, there are a couple of those levels where they like need pinpoint accuracy, so in order to pass you'll get three stars. Um, so they're kind of forgiving that way. Um, but we got to the point where it was like I think the fourth set of levels and I was very much under-leveled and it was like, mm. ah. So my one complaint about the game is I want to see all these fun levels, but I don't want to grind these bad the ones I'm bad at. <laughs> like I know there's like mm -hmm. this this trade-off of just leaving like pass it go forward versus trying mm -hmm. to like get some replay and I feel like it got a little too um oh, okay. So then like like the one gate I had to go on hunt a couple stars and oh. it was fine because on the early levels I was do I, I have figured out things since then so I could get three stars from the two on enough of like the first chunk of levels that I could unlock mm -hmm. that gate but then it was like oh I remember the ones I didn't get two or three stars on this is gonna take a while um, luckily this I'm doing two games today so I'm cutting it off at an hour um, and like if you don't mind if you're enjoying it right like it was up I got an hour's worth of gameplay before I had to start thinking about grinding and mm -hmm. it's very fluid. Mm -hmm. So, like, grain of salt, this complaint isn't, oh, this is terrible. But it is sort of a forced grind where I'd rather just, given that they've got those, like, um, leaderboards and uh, just the notion of the three stars and, like, you could pass this in a quicker way. I think that's enough where you don't have to then gate content. Yes, so that was absolutely. the, the yeah, one yeah. thing. Uh, however, I just not... this. I don't excel at these types of games, and so... <laughs> You know, it, you know, it's kind of why I like <laughs> testing games instead of buying games to play because I would never have bought this, but I had a mm -hmm. good time for an hour. Uh, it, it was a fun time, you know. Um, and it reminds me that even though I'm not good at this type of game, doesn't mean I won't enjoy it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah so that's oh, gosh, Poco Chat. Um, um, how are we doing games. on your beers? It's, it's quite enjoyable. Uh, I, I'm um, done. I finished as well. Lucy's so uh, frozen got the spare in time. Yeah. Mags, Who, I mean, she try that. Um, <coughs> she had finished her beer. There was this. Um, okay. um, uh, let's see. Let's see if she appears. Like medieval mm, again. Would be, would be useful, right? Um, Maybe that would help. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, sit here and dance. What were the other games? A Gravitor. Oh yes. Okay. Yeah. 
and Legends of the Keeper. <laughs> um, yeah, Gra- Gravito, I think, might be even a, a shorter chat than kind of Pogo chat. Well, that's kind of why I figured I could talk about all three, honestly. Yeah, it's because yeah. the, 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 they're very simple games. It's easy to explain them. Legends of the Keeper, I think, will be a longer chat. Um, let's just awkwardly message Lucy. <laughs> Oh, oh she's she gone. Goes. And on the stream, you can see oh, just our heads. Oh, it's, wait, no. wait. Hey. The Pogos. Hey, <laughs> Pogo fucked you up. Did, did you? Oh, wow. Ben, I just saw the stream catch up to when Lucy dropped, and, and you could see how you've done the overlay. <laughs> <laughs> it's very good. Yes. Inside uh, baseball. <laughs> um, Sorry. Welcome back. I, I don't know if it was quitting out of the Pogo game. I was just going to say that there was this unicycle, uh, unicycle, like medieval game, where you're just balancing on this unicycle. I think I spoke about it on the balance a lot. Yeah, <laughs> which is like, like as a Lancelot. Yeah. Bar Lancelot. It's brutal. It's um, you're having to like. Uh, Go through like these medieval tapestries on on this unicycle in a joust, and you're just tipping backwards and forwards. And as soon as you like tip one way or the other, it's like game over, and you have to start from the checkpoint again. Absolutely brutal, nice. but, it, but it's fun. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of Pogo Champ. It's like the the yeah. evolution of Quop, isn't it? These games. Yes. Absolutely. Oh, Quop, such mm-hmm. fun memories. Yeah, um, and by yes, that I mean. Uh, <laughs> I'm smiling while going. Uh, that's quap to me. Yeah, I think that's quap to I most people. Look at like you know, like Bennett Foddy mm-hmm. uh, one. Oh, like climbing runs. I yeah, I want to find a speed run of balance a lot. Oh, just because the that speed run, like run on Bennett Foddy is like yeah, real quick. It's like, it's like one minute or something. Yeah, it's like, crazy. Uh, I don't think it's called. Um, what is it called? It's in my Steam library somewhere. Which one? Which? Um, the one where you're in a pot. Getting over yeah, it. Yeah, that's Bennett what I said. Getting over it with Bennett yeah. Foddy. Yeah. 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 yeah I, that's that's that. I, I, I was. I was rubbish. I was shit at that game. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna surprise no one when I, I say I own it and forgot to install it or play it. <laughs> I well, I got it in like a bundle. And I, was just like, I, I definitely got it in a bundle. Yeah. Whilst whilst you reevaluate, whilst you reevaluate your life based upon not installing that game, should we open some more beers? Oh, yeah. I don't have a more beer. I have a boundary beer. Maybe <laughs> Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna open? What's your next beer? Uh, sorry, just watching this speed run. Um, uh, this is checked out of the pod. <laughs> just like... <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm getting in one of my five a day, and I am having Ooh. broccoli. Um, broccoli, broccoli, mm. yeah, from other half. It is a double dry hopped Imperial India IP, uh, India Pale Ale. Sorry, double dry hopped <laughs> Imperial IPA. Um, Seven point nine percent. So where are they getting the Imperial from? It's a double. I know that's double dry hopped actually, but Imperial IPA. 7.9 what makes it imperial then uh they didn't want to say it was just a double America 
Imperial oh yeah, maybe does it come metric? in just a maybe. pint instead of X mills? <laughs> yes, they, 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 they've measured it in Imperial. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is sixteen fluid ounces, um, which is what one five hundred mil can. Mm. Mm. Investigative. Ooh. This... Maybe five hundred mil. <laughs> Maybe less. Four hundred and ninety-three or something. Four hundred and seventy something. Yeah. 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 Anyway, yeah, other half. Broccoli. I really like the can art. Mm. Little yes. broccoli flowers. This is one of their staple beers, isn't it? I don't know. Mm, I think so. <laughs> I think they've, I think they've been it. putting broccoli. I think they've been putting broccoli out oh, for a while. Broccoli. Double C. Yeah, um, double double C. Yeah, I don't want to search for just broccoli. Hi. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, there's some flavor text on the uh, actual website, Ooh. which is good because there's nothing on the tin. Just the broccoli. Nothing that I can see on the can. Um, okay. Oh, that, that's a different coloured broccoli. Um, I think it's the same thing, though. Uh, it's got Cascade, Alito Blanc, Mosaic, and Simcoe in it, apparently. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, there's different coloured broccoli. Mm. Broccoli. Broccolis. Broccol- broccoli. Broccoli flowers. <laughs> Adam, what are you drinking? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that caught me off guard. Uh, I think I picked the mic with that very weird chuckly laugh. Uh... I am drinking from Boundary. Uh, the uh, it's an eight uh, percent Imperial Cookie Stout with blueberry Ooh. and vanilla, and it is called "I Hear You've Been Looking for Me." I don't actually nice. think it's said with that drawl at all, but you know, um, and of course, yeah. So no flavor text. Gorgeous art, though. Lo- lovely can. Really like uh, how they have these. Very sort of brushed style, um, yes. color blocking, yeah. Um, yeah. and then they're very big, um, not sans serif text, just solid. Um, yep. So I, yeah. So it's a imperial cookie stout, and it's eight percent. Cookie. Uh, yep. So boundary day, it is. It is. Yeah. Did you did you uh, pick up a boundary because you knew I was drinking them or was it was this uh, did this just catch your fancy when you went out to, to uh, this is actually uh, I I did uh, I grabbed a bunch of beers that caught my fancy using my beer fifty two credit a couple weeks yeah. ago mm. and uh, this is the one of the ones where I was like I think I'll save it for the podcast rather than <laughs> drink it whenever um, yeah but yeah so I got a couple boundaries in that. Um, yeah, just mostly because it had been a while since I had a boundary because I haven't seen it in my oh, usual sugar. shops. Sorry, just poured beer all over myself. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Trying Brilliant. to smell it and it just <laughs> it just <laughs> yeah, <laughs> perfect. You've you've well that that's your spillage. I mean, not quite as dr- dramatic as what Adel and I have previously done, but yeah. <laughs> I was going to say I think this might be the first time you've done something like that on mm. the pod. While I. The camera's uh, very full. Yeah, a couple months ago, <laughs> not even, I think was when I punched a beer at my television. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Good. Um, I'm also going to drink another Boundary uh, again, sent over uh, um, from Callum, so thank you very much for that, Callum. Um, this is an Imperial Stout with coffee, chipotle, vanilla, and coconut. 
called A Practical Guide 2. Okay. Back to the first one. Yep. Uh, it's 12.2%. I had no idea this beer was this big when I when you picked it up to, to drink it. I, I He sent me another uh, Boundary beer, which was just an IPA. And I had that kind of over the weekend thinking, yeah, I'll have the other two. Is it, there's a stout. I can finish my night off on that. I had no idea it was 12.2%. <laughs> but it does, have a, tiny, yeah, doing does it. have a tiny bit of text. Um, the next in our coffee beer series with root and branch. A sumptuous imperial stout with coffee, chipotle, vanilla and coconut. As it said on the front. That's it. That's everything. Um, it's got roughly a year on the uh, best before. So freshly brewed I shall crack it open we'll come back to you Lucy mmm smells good mm. very true tropical and fruity not too wet smelling <laughs> <laughs> I smell like a wet dog after storing uh, beer yeah nice nice tropical fruity smell very very thick very hazy um yeah Ooh, very nice. Wow. Ooh, that's good. Kind of reminds me of like a verdant beer. Yeah? Just very soft, pillowy, like kind of really good water texture. Mm. Yeah, I don't, what, what is it with New York and that, that good area? Just think good water, right? And I have to. Ask, I've got some friends in New York. I should ask them what's up with their water. I wonder if they've got like good treatment plants or something, or bad treatment plants. Like this is the thing about like water and alcohol, right? The the quality of the water matters, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's because it's like been overly humanly fucked with, right? Sure. Well, I think after they, you know, realised that there were mutant turtles grown on the, you know, in the sewers, they were like, we need to sort this out. So. It's just great, though. Those those films were actually documentaries, so... <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, Secret of Ooze was... Um, Vanilla Ice know, did go on tour to New York City. So that mm. must have just been tour footage. Mm. Mm. <laughs> oh, I read an interesting thing. Sorry, sidebar. I'm mm. going to have to say this, yep. but... TMNT2, Secret of the Ooze, is one of my favourite films from my childhood. Um, and... I found out that the plan the whole time uh, was, you know, the professor who like knows about the ooze. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and like one of the weird things about that movie is you never actually find out what the secret of the ooze is. You just find out that the, there <laughs> is ooze and they use it again. Yeah, that's it, right? The movie does. So it turns out the original version was the secret of the ooze was going to be it's from aliens, and he was going to have a krang in his stomach. He was going to oh. be of the krang race, but using a human body. Mm. And that's why he was kind of a weirdo scientist. It wasn't that he was like 90s movie weirdo scientist. He was an alien in a body. Um, yeah. And I'm kind of sad we never got to see that scene. I agree. I yeah. agree. Anyway. Studio cuts, no. I would expect. Hmm? No, no lie. I was um, yeah, just looking. I was like looking on Amazon. I was like, okay, um, why do I not own the trilogy? 
Because <laughs> uh, the third one's probably not actually worth it unless I, you want I know, to know. I was looking. Three. I was looking Which at the, the first third one. The, second, the one like, where they're samurai. Are they like? Hmm. The third one, the one where they're samurai. Yes, they go yeah. back Turtles in time. time. Turtles yes. in time, in fact, it's called. Mm-hmm. It's actually not called that. Yeah. That's the name of the SNES game, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. It might be what both. <laughs> I thought it was the name of the film as well. Anyway, I was like, why do I not have these? But I was looking at, like, okay, how should I buy all three? <laughs> or should I uh, not? Um, should I buy that? It was just called TMNT3. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, it must have just been the game. But, yeah, I was looking at John Wick as well. I was like, should I just buy the trilogy? I mean, I so I had to sell my like music books and movies collection when I moved back here in 2016 those were I had the collector's blu-ray set of that trilogy that came with all kinds of weird turtle swag that I don't remember anymore wow uh, and it was, it was it was that was one of the things it's like this is never gonna come out again this is not gonna be findable and then mm. this like the store I was buying it from just saw it as DV like blu-rays of turtles five pounds Wow, I said pounds. I've lived here long enough. They gave like I got nothing for it, and it was like, nice, great, cool, yeah. but also <laughs> not worth using my valuable like suitcase space on the move here for. Like, let's bring it. It's fine. I'm fine. It's fine. I just <laughs> lament my collection. Yeah, um, I might need to buy those DVDs and watch them at some point. Um, yeah, that's probably the only way you can watch them these days. Really. I, I mean, who not, even? Any streaming what, well, well, who made those films? Why can't I know? Paramount, maybe. Uh, Universal, probably. Weta. <laughs> definitely wasn't. <laughs> oh, actually, I lied. The one thing that was great about that box set was I came with a toque that said Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on it, and I still own that toque. It's just at my parents' house. <laughs> Sorry, that makes me feel a lot better. I didn't lose the two. We now need to see pictures of this. Thank God. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, where were we about Pat beers? The, I think we were talking uh, about beers. Yeah, beers. Yeah, we were Pat talking about New York, beer. New York um, beers. Yeah, you can tell it's double dry hop because it has so much fruitiness on it. It's just mm. you get that tropical, um, you get those tropical aromas, and it just follows through right into the taste as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is a. This is a good beer. I might have to just go live in New York or something. Mate, you've you've for like a week. You've smashed where, out where I could afford the rent. Yeah, you've smashed <laughs> out kind of like northeastern um, United States beers over mm. the last few kind of weeks, and almost consistently they have been excellent. Yeah, this is up there with one of the best ones. Um, it's up there with like that. Uh, it was an equilibrium beer, wasn't it? Yeah. I think it was like a fractal, one of the fractal mm-hmm. ones. This is just so good. It's so soft. It's so easy. I mean, 7.9% is not <laughs> what I'd consider imperial strength. So sure. it's not. It, it's not very boozy, but even so, even at 7.9, like, you'd think you'd taste a bit of the alcohol. Mm-hmm. Nothing on this. Mm. It's... Oh, it's just so good. It's so full. So, as I said, soft, pillowy. Mm. It's got a nice bit of pininess on it, but it's just so well balanced and just the great water quality, the nice, just heaps and heaps of fruit. I mean, for the last beer, if you're looking for bitterness, go for that, but this doesn't have that much, but it's, I'd, I'd take this just 
the fruitiness and the and the softness and just how easy it is over yeah. you know a traditional IPA any day mm-hmm. to be honest. Mm-hmm. I've been assimilated into uh, new IPA culture, but this is just so good. It's and it's crazy. I I, I want ten of these. Yeah, <laughs> it's it, it's crazy the difference in or how sort of forward I guess the United States were with these more modern kind of beers that, that everyone now in the UK kind of produces um, and how they were sort of you know maybe five maybe a little bit longer kind of ahead of mm-hmm. years ahead of ahead of the UK uh, but they still are consistently fantastic mm. yeah this is I was, I was talking about the big hot pillow I don't know if I was talking it on the podcast but the big hot pillow from day and mm. said like just give me 20 of these yeah. and I'll knock them all back mm. and die a happy woman. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take this. This is so good. I, 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 I want more. Because I, I was looking on Leftfield um, beer is where I usually get all these American beers from. I was like, obviously drawn to the can art. It's mm-hmm. a bunch of broccolis. But um, yeah, I was, I, at first I was like, okay, I want to put this in my basket. Out of stock. But then when I went back for another order, it's like, in stock. Oh, nice. I'm glad. So good. Dangerous, though. What, what are they, they doing what, over there? What are they costing yes, you? Is. Like, eight, eight pound a pop? Nine pound a pop? Oh, God, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it was yeah, it was some, somewhere around the eight pound mark. Yeah. It's worth every penny. I'd rather mm. buy this. Then, then, then a... Unfortunately, to say, like, maybe... Some other beers over here that are going for like eight pounds. Sure, yeah, 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 yeah. That's fair. And I, I, yeah, I, if, you're gonna, depends, if you're going to spend depends. that much, that seems like a reasonable place to spend it. Yeah, completely. Yeah, I, I'd easily trade, um, kind of the, the the normal kind of beer runs that I do, and buy say three or four beers from there at that higher price, and then just drink Wiper and True and Arbor. And you know those locally available beers that I can buy for three pound a pop, yeah. mm-hmm. um, which are consistent and good, and be like, right now, here are the big hitters. Here yeah. are those kind of eight nine pound beers, which will be kind of mind blowing and, and just mm-hmm. just consistently fantastic. Yeah, and this beer's got a bit of sweetness to it, but it doesn't feel like artificial sweetness. It doesn't feel mm. like. You know, someone just packed like puree into it or something, right. and you can just feel the sugar collecting on your teeth. This feels mm. like <laughs> as natural as as it can get, but like, yeah, it, it just that very softness and that uh, wateriness is the wrong term. I, I guess it's just just that softness. Um, it just it just washes it out at the end of the taste as well. So it's like it's just so well balanced. Um, Oh, this 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 New York obsession is gonna bankrupt me. So. <laughs> something something's gonna might as well be good. might as well be that. I mean, yeah, cocaine, hookers, uh, beer. <laughs> You're gonna I mean, go out. Like, the big You're stimulating the international economy by doing this. You're doing That's a true. COVID part. Yep. <laughs> Completely. True. True. As are we. Uh, mm. You know, with our Northern Irish beers, correct. Um, sort of. Uh, Adam, how Ooh, is the boundary? How, how is the... that? Oh. 
Um, yeah, let's let's roll past that one. Yeah. Adol, how was the cookie? Was it a cookie stout? Uh, it was the Imperial Cookie Stout with blueberry and vanilla. Mm. So on the nose, I'm getting a little bit of malts, a little bit of vanilla, not a lot of blueberry. Um, uh, oh, but there's a... I take it back, though. Not a little bit of malts. Sorry, it's just like... And the, there's a sort of sweet malts uh, and vanilla that does sort of, the, I think, more like cookie dough than like, or like the smell of fresh cookies, but from two rooms away, so quite light. Mm. Um, but then, then underneath that, when I got my nose nice and close, there was like, oh, yes, but also we burned these things. Um, <laughs> and I've got this lovely burnt undertone on yeah. the nose. Oh, and there it is. That sweetness is from the blueberries. Slight tartness around it. What a... What an injury. I haven't smelled. So outside of our friends um, from Vault uh, Brewery, which we call it, um, with the sours. Vault City. Vault City. Thank you. I was like, I'm missing a word. Um, it's been a while since I've smelled a beer that has doing so much, but in a balanced way, not a muddled way. Okay. Um, so it's more like, ah, oh, this is a really nice smell. And I'm like, ah, oh, I can tune into each part without sort of being taken away or overpowered. Mm. Mm. But that blueberry though. Mm, pardon me. That blueberry tartness and sweetness is very strange. Um oh and it finishes finishes sorry, there's the stout underneath this. Um is wonderfully lo like low key burnt toffee not too strong but just like consistently these like burnt malty notes and then there's a sweetness and then a tartness and i'm very confused and i haven't figured out what, what <laughs> how i feel about this i want to take another sip it's doing things stouts don't do yeah very much so so that blueberry is a little tart it's like real fresh blueberries mm. Where they're like tart before they get a little sweet, before they get a little mushy, like really like almost too turgid blueberries. Like you should probably mm -hmm. let them ripen a bit. Like that's the level of tartness I'm feeling from it. But it's sitting on top of this. Like I don't know what the cookie is. I think it's probably the stitching in the middle. I'm not noticing things that are that like scream cookie to me. Well, um, it's not sort of doughy in the in the sort of the malts or anything. It's no, I, I mean, I think maybe I think that's like I said. I think it's it's what's sitting between the very mm. deep, more burnt traditional imperial stouty malts, um, and this very sour and slightly sweet, almost bright blueberry flavor. Um, so I'm, I'm, it must be this middle, middle. The cookie starts sitting in the middle, but I'm just not tuning into it because yep. like they're very different, but they they don't feel separate so i think it's probably whatever they called cookie is probably those intermediate malts mm. i've just been thinking of the cookie months if you're at this mm. whole conversation <laughs> that's fair when you said like Woogie. stitching and blueberry <laughs> and... <laughs> um it's good um it's very odd i don't think i can will be able to sufficiently describe it now that the i've had a few sips and i've let it sort of soak into my palate the those deeper malts are, are sticking around longer. I have this consistent burnt, burnt aftertaste, 
and have a bit of the sweetness from the blueberry, but it's the tartness is much more mellow. Um, it's less like, holy fuck, what did I just drink? Uh, with, with just the residual buildup of the rest of the beer on my palate, um, which is good, I think, because it was a bit jarring. Mm. Yeah, so now it's like, I'm still not... I mean, I, I, I think I could find something I could call cookie, but that's me confirmation bias sort of looking for what could this could be and i think it's just that not all the malts are burnt there is a, there's some lighter malts um more biscuity but like they're so weak compared to these other things that yes it's a well-rounded malt multi imperial stout with this very interesting blueberry thing going on that after a few sips is way less uh and more mm-hmm. like okay, let, let's let this grow. So I, I I said this with the last one, but I think I'm go- I'm gonna want to say more about this at the end, sure. or at least on the bottom third, just because I'm still getting used to these things and they already feel less jarring in general in strength, but also together. Okay. Yeah. Fair. Um. I I I also have an imperial stat from Boundary, and I'm gonna say quite similar things to to what you're saying as well. Um, oh, is it blueberry? It's not. But I, I feel a lot of the flavors are, are are kind of there, but some of them are really, really pared back, and some of them really do sort of shine through and sort of take the focus. Um, it's a very, very light nose, a little bit of roasted coffee, not a huge amount, but just, just a light roasting coffee and a slight vanilla hit as well. And then when you taste it, you're like, oh, yeah, there's all the vanilla. Um mm. It's got a lovely body to it. It's a little thick. You'd expect that at 12.5-ish percent, 12.2, yep. 12.3, something like that. Um, lovely mouthfeel to it. Absolutely lovely. Full of vanilla. It, 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 I know it says vanilla and chipotle, and I think um, there's a little bit of coconut in there as well. Mm. The chipotle is completely lost. I don't get that whatsoever from this. Uh, but I'm getting a little hint of, mm. I'm getting a little hint of coffee. I'm getting a lot of vanilla. I'm getting a little hint of um, coconut on there as well. And then there's just this lovely long roasted finish. Um, you know, as you would kind of want from a slightly sweeter stout. Just this long roasted finish which sits with you. The vanilla stays in that as well. It's got that slight combination which makes it a little bit rummy. Um, not Not too much. I think maybe the Chipotle is just giving it a slight, very, very slight heat at the back of the throat, which, again, makes it a little bit feel a little bit kind of rummy. You know, lots of vanilla, those roasted notes making it feel maybe a little sort of molasses. Um, was that, that combination of those, uh, a little bit tropical with the um, with the coconut in there as well. It's, it's like, it's incredibly easy to drink. I was expecting, you know, chipotle, vanilla, coconut, for it to be this massive mash of all of these flavors, just vying for attention. And actually, they've kind of gone, mm, we'll dial this one up, and it's just pulled everything else right down. So it's really, really light in some of those flavors. Um, and incredibly easy. You, there's, there's no way that you would say this was 12%. Absolutely none. And... Dangerous. Incredibly dangerous. <laughs> and I think that vanilla hides 
so much that's mm. going on. And perhaps as my palate adjusts a little bit to it, and, and again, as with what you were saying, Anna, with the, with the final third, those other flavors might become a little bit more apparent. The booziness might come out a little bit more as my palate goes, yeah, there's a lot of vanilla in here, but I'm now starting to pick out these other things because I've acclimatized to that vanilla. I'm dealing with that vanilla and the other things are starting to pick through a little bit more. So like you, I'm going to return to this and discuss it a little bit later to see how it develops. Um, whether that, that dipper, even though it's you know lighter than this, may be slightly affecting that flavor uh, as well, kind of coming off of the back of it. So we will jump back into our games. We've talked about beer and tangented a little bit longer than we normally would. Uh, and I know you've got two more games to talk about, but it might be to fit Lucy and we just hit one. That's fine. I haven't, yep. I haven't really played anything okay. so I go crazy. Mm. I Plus I hogged, what, 40 minutes last, last week anyway, so yeah. we're all good. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> cool. Well then, uh, I won't... Uh, I mean, also, the, the Gravitor is the second game I played last week. Uh, not, I think Ben's right. There's not a lot to say... He says while going to the webpage to say that it is, in fact... So it's a a real-world physics-based game about manipulating gravitational forces, shrinking in large bodies and moving around to find your way through over 100 different levels of varying complexity. Um, You're basically a dot, and uh, you want to get through the screen where there's these little, like... I'm a little annoyed because the splash screen in the intro like showed like you're trying to find your space cat, and then mm. none of the levels did any narrative, but they like they were like this part of the story. You know, these twenty levels, and then it's like collect the paw prints, go to the next thing and collect the paw prints, and it's like it was it's fine if you don't have a narrative, but don't tell me you've got a narrative and then don't give me a narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. so the the mechanics of the game are you know the dot. And you, you need to get around the level where there are little paw print icons, essentially. And you will be pulled across the level um, due to the gravitational forces of the various planets. And so some of the planets will be, you can make smaller or bigger, which will make you go towards them and accelerate. Um, some of the planets will be like in an orbital range, you can, you can move them. Um, some planets you can turn off and on. So you can affect the curvature of where your thing will go. Once you hit start, your thing will go and will follow the curve that's projected. But most of the levels will have one or two pause, well, one to four pauses. So you can, so the idea is, so in the early levels, it's just like kind of just move things around until the projective, projected orbit hits all the paw prints, hit play you've hit all the paw prints. And that's it's a really good way of introducing how the different types of, like, so for example, the moving a planet around it within like a circle, basically changing its position, but not its size, how that's mostly about bending the, the whatever the curvature of your, um, your spaceship or whatever you are, rather than changing its shape that much. While like the planet that's either on or off will dramatically change because it's literally just suddenly there's a gravitational force here and suddenly there isn't so it can dramatically change what the curve looks like Mm. Mm -hmm. and then the and then of course in the middle of those two is the i have a, a planet and it's going to be in this position and i can make it bigger or smaller and so that'll really bend the 
the shape of the curve rather than just sort of shift it a bit. Um, and so you use all these, depending on the layout, it's a puzzle game essentially. Uh, but when it brings the pausing in is where the real gameplay comes in because then without knowing, you just have to figure out based on your intuitive, whatever you've learned from the previous levels about what it, what these tools, these planets in your manipulation can do um, such that you know that, oh, odds are, and also just like the layout, like, and the curve it's showing, it's like, oh, odds are I'm going to need to have this planet on and this planet this big and this planet over here and time the pause after it wings around this other planet, turn that planet off, move this planet here, make this planet really small such that it coasts into the thing I'm looking for. Okay. And that's like really like was really interesting and I really liked it. That's technical. Yeah, it is very technical in in planning. Um, it's real fun. Uh, I went through most of one of the chunks of stories. Um, I, I think it, they say there's 100 levels. I think that's a good, probably the right size, um, given just the mechanics. They introduced a couple other ones. Like one of them is there's a brick wall essentially in space. Don't worry about what that could be. Um, and unless you have enough momentum, acceleration like if your base speed isn't high enough you'll hit it and die so mm. you need to have enough gravity such that your thing is going fast enough it'll break through and so there's they add a couple other things as you go along really really interesting but mostly it's a puzzle game and then the frustrating part came in basically there was one level where i just didn't know what i was doing and i totally understand that that's just the way it is but there's a few levels of those oh um so there's that level but a couple others where the time between hitting start and pause the timing of getting the pause right was way more twitchy than the rest of the game was yes so i got yeah, into yeah. a nice really good rhythm like i uh, like i think ben can vouch for it i was doing pretty well it was kind yeah. of a few attempts getting through a couple times where I'm like curve cheating of like, I don't know what to do. I'll just move things around until that curve gets to the right place. Or I know when to pause so then I can then kind of cheat by moving things around to figure mm -hmm. out how I'm supposed to finish. Um, but that's fine, right? Like that's, I think that's part of the gameplay loop they've designed. But then something became like the only way to get, like I definitely, the only way I can get through this squidgy space is if I'm doing everything over here. But if I don't hit pause at the right moment, then when I move everything over here, I'm just going to fly off into space and I don't get my ship back or whatever you want to call me. So then I'm just, um, I'm struggling with getting the like pitch perfect timing while also trying to figure out the puzzly part yes. in a way that the game was not doing at all before. It was not a pitch perfect twitchy timing thing. And then there was a few levels where it's like, Oh, or, and so you, then you get paranoid, but like the worst part is you could earn pauses, bonus pauses that are sensibly to like make the game easier. Cause you could like, Hey, you should be able to do this with four pauses, but you've got this bank of four pauses. So use one now, um, except what ended up happening was because I hit pause too early, unpause, hit pause again. I've burnt two pauses, but I have the bank. Yeah. Or like, or I'm really trying to get that twitch right, and I'm trying to get the timing right there, and so I'm I'm like just experimenting. Mm -hmm. But then if I experiment a little too much, it doesn't say like, do you want to start using your bonus pauses? It just starts using them. 
So then I, well, I didn't even notice. I w used a couple pauses because I was just like, I, like, I'm trying to get the timing right on this really fast swing. No, that's too soon. No, that's too soon. Ah, there it is. Mm. Okay, go back. No, a little too soon still. There it is. Oh, I've used two extra, two of my four extra pauses. And now I think I finally figured out the level. And if I had known that I beforehand, I could have used those pauses sort of proactively rather than accidentally to get through that hard level. But I had used them up by, by accident in prep. And it, it just felt, it, it gave me the feel bads in a way that this game shouldn't have to, right? Sure. I did seem that very much from the way you were kind of playing it. You, you, it's a game which suggests or at least leads itself to um, allowing you that flexibility, allowing you that experimentation, but actually then punishing you for that in suggesting that you've used all of these bonus things that you have and that you then have to buy more of them through the success in other levels and getting whatever the currency was yeah. to then purchase more additional bonus pauses. So it, it, it's one where I think, as we were talking about kind of with Pogo Champ and the way the sort of um, the gating, the stars worked and the gating was with that. With this, it very much felt like it was just you know that idea of having these pauses was kind of just put in as some kind of limit for people but actually it felt much more like you should be able to experiment and play and see where this kind of goes and be like oh yeah my my ship went off into the you know the ether of space uh, i can see how maybe i needed to do this 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 and this and then experiment and try that and be like oh no actually i needed to do this 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 and this and it is a puzzle game in that sense but it blocks you quite significantly when it limits yeah. your ability to kind of do things and experiment and sort of play with that yeah yeah so i guess i'll follow up with that is where it's it's like either you let unlimited pauses but then people can kind of like like just hammer on the pause and like slow-mo the game and play it in a way that's probably not what you want mm. um or you i think the big thing is there was no where I got the feel bads wasn't, oh, hey, I've got like a couple times. I was like, I got four pauses. I'm going to abuse these four pauses on a couple runs to really figure out this first part and know that I won't succeed because I won't be able to change my positioning and everything afterwards. The problem there is when you're trying to do that, there's no signposting for, hey, you're using the extra ones that you earned that you might want want to save for specifically like a, a hard level. Instead, it was just like, I'm focused. I'm trying to do the puzzly part and I'm getting punished for not noticing that the four out of four got filled up and I hit pause again. So now the yeah, four yeah. turns into a three. Like that's really what gave me the feel bends. It started made me feel frustrated. It was like, hey, I've got these bonus things. Cool. When I hit a difficulty, I can use them. But actually you just take them from me and you're encouraging the type of gameplay where I'm, go I'm more likely to stumble into accidentally doing that because there's no signposting. But, I, I mean, that's, like, the bad part. It's not a big bad part, right? Like, I want to make mm. sure that I'm not just being a, a negative Nelly here. Um, I, I really enjoyed most of my hour with the game. I'll probably go back um, mm. if I want sort of a puzzle experience. I really like that that the physics feel, like, zippy and, like, a couple puzzles. One, it seemed kind of impossible, and then I realized that it was, like, you start firing upwards, basically, away from the map. 
So you have to make, there's a planet right beneath, you have to make it as big as possible. But then in order to be able to control it such that you can get the like paw print that's sort of off in the bottom left corner, you need to time it such that you pause when it's off screen and then shrink the planet such that it doesn't accelerate so you can actually calmly control it through a pause afterwards. Like the two pause points, once you know where they are, it's a very simple level, but it's about like thinking, oh, it's the acceleration after it turns around off screen that by the time it gets on screen, no matter what I do, it's just going to hit this planet or like miss because I'm never going to be able to control it because it's going too fast. Mm, so it's like yes, getting yeah, a feel yeah. for, well, it's heading off this far. I've played this level a couple times, so I know right about now it's turned around. So pause, shrink the planet. It's going to start going here. And so now it's going to go at a leisurely pace or slightly quicker, depending on how my timing is. And I can do something else. Great. That felt really good because I felt like I was learning the mechanics and I was had to predict the mechanics off screen, which was new for that level. Fantastic. So there's like really interesting things that like give you the feel goods. Um, so yeah, Graviter. I think it's a neat sort of gravity based puzzle game. Um, there, you know, there's it's just puzzle after puzzle of hit the icons essentially, mm -hmm. but yeah. it works really well because it's pretty good um, gravity engine, physics yeah. engine. Yeah. It, it, it looks nice. I like the the art style. Mm. Mm. Music's pretty good as well. Mm. Um, Plus, it's got cats in it. So. Yeah, that's my big complaint, though. It's not really cats. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's cats. They're wearing space helmets. No, but that's the thing. You don't see the cat. That's the thing you're looking for. That's I the saw it in thing. the screenshot. <laughs> <laughs> once. That's all I need. Some once. Um, yes. Uh, <laughs> what was the uh, trying to? I don't want to rush us through, but what's the, what's no, the no, landscape we've got on. to uh, to discuss? We've got we've got a few minutes. To discuss. Legends you know, of Keepers. Go change my top. Oh, whilst, whilst you know, just because it's it, it smells a bit. You covered you covered <laughs> yourself <laughs> in beer. No, absolutely. You do, you do you. Yeah. We'll be back in a second. Yeah. <laughs> um. Have we moved around? No, we we're fine. Around? We're good. We've moved though, right? We've swapped. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so, Legend of Keepers is oh. a a roguelike dungeon defender. I think is what they called it. Well, Legend of Keepers is the perfect mix between dungeon defender and roguelite. You've been hired as a dungeon manager by the dungeons company. Your job is simple: protect their dungeons. There's a bit of like that corporate stuff is mostly interstitial scenes, um, uh, but essentially. It's it's very odd because um, it, you're playing as master of the dungeon Mog, but also all the um, world building and interstitial scenes and cutscenes are saying you've been hired to protect this dungeon. So then I'm not mm. actually Mog, but it keeps telling me I'm Mog, which is not ideal, but it's fine, right? It just was like, wait, what? Is, why? Um, but basically, um, you. You're going through weeks, and there's gonna, and you, you, you're in charge of this dungeon. Um, welcome back. Um, so you're in charge of this dungeon, and uh, you have to design the dungeon with its various rooms. Um, when you see the 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 party of adventurers are coming, and it could be like a warrior, a mage, and an archer. And so then you see them, and you're like, ah. So the like 
all of them end up their main attack hits the person in the front so you're like cool well i'll put a tank in the front or um so basically everyone has like one or two moves and they have different uh resistances and proficiencies so like you've got a guy who does a bunch of fire damage you want to try and put him in a spot where his main attack will hit someone who's weak to fire um but you basically it's sort of a, a jumble of traps rooms uh your your, your protector warrior rooms a uh, spell room and usually another trap room and another group of warriors that's the standard thing and it's just kind of shuffled so sometimes you'll be like Start with a trap, then some warriors, then a spell, then another trap, then some warriors, then the final room, which is the boss room, where it's Mog, the, or whoever boss, because I think you get unlock other bosses later. Anyway, the idea is you look at the contents of the party, and then you, based on who you have available in your first set of mobs or your first traps, you try and design the best defensive scenario room by room, um, given the the party layout of the guys who are attacking you and then if your um if your monsters have multiple attacks then you get to pick which one to happen in, in real time um but you basically a run is these guys show up what do they look like what do i have i will design i will put the layout of my here's my layout of my room uh trap monsters spell trap monster spell let's say so then i pick the trap i want to start with things with and the traps could be direct damage or they could be uh, morale lowering or they could be like the next group of warriors that you have will get a damage bonus types of things so um yeah so you do that and you can either scare people away from the dungeon by doing enough morale damage or kill them uh with by doing a much damage damage uh and when you when you successfully repel them you will get a certain amount of blood or tears based on how you repelled them and that becomes two of the currencies and then week on and you also get some money um and then so week on week so you finish an attack then you go into like oh you can visit the engineer or have like an event which is something happens to you when your role in the company which could be like you got a chance to buy a new uh, mob uh, for your side or whatever. But most of the game, so it's like two loops. One is week on week, picking, uh, like managing your resources of money, blood, and tears to upgrade your or buy new units, uh, etc. Um, and then the other is having your the right layout, uh, pretty two different uh, groups of. Um, of your own monsters such that you can slot them into any attacking group so like uh but you don't know beforehand like you just have to have sort of these guys are on team one these guys are on team two um so you can't just if you have like say a bunch of guys who are really strong against fire or with fire and you put them all in the same group then you if the guys coming in are ice bound you're probably hosed and the, your entire team will wipe so you have to like balance before you know but you also can have there's more people in the groups than you can only lay three people down in in a room to defend. So it's like, okay, I've got five of these guys. These are the three best ones, given now that I know the layout of this adventuring party once I get there. So, uh, and then you kind of have to remember that everyone in the first group is probably going to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then, and anyone who dies loses a bit of morale, and it's a ren, it's RNG, whether it's one or two pips, basically. And 
if they run out of pips before you've sort of put them on vacation to heal up, they'll take nine weeks off, which is going to be about two battles at mm. least. Um, or you can put them on layaway and they'll increase three pips for every couple weeks that they're gone. So it's a nice little um, easy to kind of grab loop, but there's enough things going on. Like some of the events are, hey, you can get this really cool artifact, but you've got to send this guy who is like a guy who was doing really well. And you're like, ah, sure, yeah, I'll take that. That artifact sounds sweet. And then you realize that you've sent your unit away for 12 weeks, essentially. So, like, just, like, you aren't going to see him for most of the next hour. Uh, and I guess that's what you do. But I got this really cool artifact, and th that's fine. Um, so, yes, yeah, interesting thing like that. But also, uh, like, my last battle, for example, I, I did was, a, a, like, it tells you whether it's, like, a 1 to 5 difficulty battle. My last battle was a five difficulty, and I completely fucked up my my arrangement of things because I'd I before I'd gone through the weeks leading up to the battle, I was like, okay, I make sure I have a tanky character in each group, blah 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 blah. But one of the things that I went through the events was like, oh, you can get a bonus to make everyone bleed, like all the bad guys bleed or something like that. It was like you can get a bonus against enemies. You just need to send th this guy away. And I didn't really think about where he was and he was my tank in my second group and i just had three flimsy guys in my second group and i was like ah oh, this is gonna go really poorly because <laughs> my first group i know is going to die because that's how the game runs you never just kill people on like first counter and i've basically made sure that i've got a very weak second group ah fuck but, but it really actually well. turned out fine yeah 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 so it's, i think that's it, yeah, it's fine. this kind of it's this weird mix isn't it i think you get a little bit of that in the name that it's this kind of uh, dungeon keeper. Uh, they've taken, they've taken, you know, inspiration from Dungeon Keeper. They've taken inspiration from Darkest Dungeon, as well. Yeah, there's, that's the one I was there's, there's that idea of that passage of time, that kind of progression through for the, you know, the enemies as such coming through. And, and you, we didn't see much leveling up for kind of your character, um, yeah. and that sort of thing. That seemed really, really slow. But it, it looks like it's taken kind of these inspirations from all of these places and tried to mash them together in in a way which gives you various layers. You know, there's that management layer, there is the battling kind of fighting layer, and I think from, even even though it seems like a quite a low budget game, seemed quite successful in what it was trying to do. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So it, it seems like a small indie team. The art style is like pseudo 16-bit, I think. Roughly like kind of pixel-y, but with enough going on mm. uh and also some really great animations uh whoever did the Nerolf, the skeleton dogs bite animation great probably one of my favorite things uh art wise in that game but yeah i think it, it's punching well i think it's actually mm. just so it's so we got this layout. The last room is you. The so I was Mog, this weird center guy. You got a bunch of moves, and um, some of the things would give you like bonuses for Mog, and I never picked them because I was so rarely getting to the point where the game I got they got to the boss level. So why would I spend an upgrade on the boss rather than getting an upgrade to to the things that are already being successful to like prevent the boss battle? Yes. And so, like, I played about an hour and a half, yeah, forty-five yeah. minutes of it, and I think they got to, they got to me 
once because it was an early level where that was like clearly what you're like supposed to and then it was like the second to last time run uh and they they got through and then i quickly killed them um but other than that it was just like not like the whole boss management side has talent points etc i earned one and never again but it wasn't clear how i could earn them but also i kind of didn't care because it was barely using the boss yes, it didn't seem um, like you needed to at all yeah yeah so but and that's what i mean about the difficulty it was just a little too easy mm. um i didn't really like it be, then became like where i was feeling like i was succeeding was hey no one in my third group of monsters right so first group of three second group of three died cool i did well at that like it just be it was like but that's like that goalpost is quite a bit further ahead suddenly it's just like i should only lose i'm always going to lose this first round but then i shouldn't lose the second one mm. so and that's just it, it's a foregone conclusion that like you know my giant centaur boss guy could just be getting fat on and, and like falling asleep because it doesn't matter he's never going to fight like it it felt weird because then the game kept being like ah but you could give also like you start with 1200 health and like you could earn 60 more health for him if you took this upgrade or you could like get this new badass wolf i'm like 60 out of 1200 that hasn't been touched except for the one time i realized i could pay his health instead of the valuable currencies of blood and tears yeah i'm gonna that guy heals over time it's great it's like free money (laughs) um but yeah so so i'd like it i'm hoping that there might be more like i mean the sad thing is it was hard to tell i didn't lose so i couldn't like see what the roguelike elements are um Mm -hmm. because like i assume maybe i keep once a run dies i could then restart with a better version of the guy or something it's so unclear because just the loops of the characters, the, the like monsters, were fine, but like I just didn't understand what the roguelike version was, and yeah. I, I feel like I'd rather have lost a couple times before getting the hang of it on a roguelike type game of just under like teach me about the loop, don't make it so I'm gonna finally figure out about the loop like three hours into your game. Yeah, it's it's that idea that you you know uh, in in Returnal, which is just released in Dark Souls in in Bloodborne, you will always lose to that first boss. Because it teaches you what yeah. the loop is. And in this, you haven't quite got that. I think that happened quite quickly in Hades as well. Um, I, I never lost. <laughs> what, in Hades? Never. Not to the first boss. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, the first boss. What was the right. first boss, Meg? Meg, yeah. Mm. yeah. I did it lose was... to Meg once. I, I definitely oh, lost my, to Meg. Yeah, I yeah. think I might have. It was just that goddamn Theseus in the morning. Too. <laughs> Don't remind me. Of that. Oh, let's yeah. not let's not get into that. We won't get into that. Uh, we need to give we need to give ourselves a little yeah, bit of time anyway. to talk about the beers that we've been drinking. But any, yeah, so, any final so that's, thoughts? Like, kind of all I wanted to say was if you are interested in sort of this dungeon defender kind of, I mean, what I really liked about it was the strategy of like when I had five ish people and had to pick three in the two groups um, based on the party. So it's like designing the dungeon based on things and then learning about what the parties that might the adventures that might come up mm. are such that balancing like oh this guy's really beat up but if i put him in the second group he's probably not gonna die so i don't have to put him on leo i don't have to put him on resting and like so balancing my teams while still understanding like oh but i could get like a bunch of guys to do magic and then all this like 
you know, I don't want a super forceful team. Like that was that was those last few runs were really fun, and I think that's why, even though I kind of lost a tank, I was okay because I had I was doing reasonable strategizing around hmm. the like the balance of those guys and like the pairing up of like this guy gives a crit bonus to this guy and this guy is kind of flimsy but boy will he over pull his weight while he's around and like that type of thing that felt really good it felt like uh like when i did that last run where i was like oh no i didn't realize my tank wasn't around i'm, I'm t- i was just like foregone conclusion we'll have to beat this with just like boss hp and then i didn't and it was like oh I did a good thing, and that felt nice. It felt like uh, it felt rewarded for having those sort of kind of spongy hard hitters, mm. and then and having them softened enough that I could get away with it. Yeah, um, and that was sort of my plan with that team. But I just thought, oh, I'll slow it down a little by having a tank and a couple of spongy hitters. But actually, I was probably being too conservative, which I learned. But yeah, so a fun game, um, if especially if you like sort of that strategy balancing and the the management loop yeah nice anyway yep so that's legend of keepers uh, which i have to say i'm going it's one of the most forgettable names <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely um let's jump back into our beers then and yeah. finish out the episode talking about what we liked about them lucy we'll come to you first i think i think both beers impressed you this evening yeah and I mean, if you want a traditional IPA, the, um, what's it called? Edge of, I'm going to say Edge of Town. That's uh, it, Edge of Town, yeah. yes. Um, yeah, it's a good, it's a good beer, it's, it's well balanced. I think, um, just pouring it out of the can after, after a little while, the, it completely lost its carbonation, right. I think, um, to enjoy it at its fullest. Um, probably drink it when it's still carbonated, mm. but for a, you know, 500 mil can. You're not going to drink it immediately, but yeah, even so, you know, it's well balanced, nice, nice malty and bitter backbone to it. Still a little bit of fruit and got, got more of the fruit as the beer warmed up as mm-hmm. well. So yeah, really well balanced, really enjoyed it, but man, New York, what are they doing <laughs> over there? Just nailing it consistently. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's magic. Um... Yeah, the broccoli from other half. No contest. It's just so. Sorry. I said no contest. Yeah, yeah, I, no contest. Even though, as much as I like a you know traditional IPA, it, I think where we've moved now is it, things that breweries are just doing new and better things with that kind of style. And, sure. Uh, the double dry hop it was like it was so fruity so tropical all those fruity flavors just and notes just coming off the aroma and just followed through into the taste as well um just really soft very drinkable very quaffable i could drink so many of those mm. more than my liver should you know <laughs> liver would be crying afterwards just say stop Please kill me. Um, Whilst also saying yes, more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like just, just hurt me good. Yeah, so, <laughs> just, just, just. Uh, oh man, dude, if you can get your hands on it, just 
Yeah. Because mm. cause every time I've had, like, a, you know, Equilibrium or, um, uh, you know, Other Half this week, I liken them to, like, as soon as I drink it, it's like, oh, that's, like, Verdant, that's, like, Dea, because these are, like, the cream of the crop over here. Yeah. And to be on that standard, it's just, yeah, it's incredible. And I, I have yet to have a beer that, I've, you know, that has been imported that I, I haven't liked, so mm. it's, it, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. I, I want more. I'm just... I'm, I'm I'm upset. I dropped like ten milliliters yeah. on a t-shirt. <laughs> so I might go wring it out. Yeah. yeah just over my mouth. <laughs> mm, yummy. Yeah. Mm, yeah. That's my I, broccoli. That's one of my nice. five a day. I could literally have like absolutely five of those a yeah. day for, for that's, all a, that's all your vegetables done. <laughs> I mean, that seems fair. Yeah. Um, Ado, we'll come to you. It's me. Um, ooh, it's a weird week this week. Um, they're both odd beers. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm gonna. I saved a bit so I could have this moment. Mm. I'm wondering which way you're gonna go. Mm. I, I'm thinking it might be the first one. Hey, um, so uh. the the reason why is because <laughs> this last third is exactly why I put the stop there. Okay. Um, now that I've got most of that imperial stout in me i'm getting the the blueberry is much more like embedded within okay so i'm getting these lovely coffee roasted notes and this light bit of um tart uh blueberry and Mm. the vanilla is gone i've just lost track of it um (laughs) but that's fine uh it it works really well um it's much more stable and it feels much more whole than when i first had it and it was like holy shit blueberries (laughs) ha wait there's a stout underneath that right like this feels like what i was hoping the initial taste would be just because it feels much more put together pulled together um this feels like i could have a second one in the way that i was like novelty beer taste when i first had it Mm -hmm. um it took you on a journey. It did, and I want to. I kind of want to reward that, but I can't because it took a little too long to do that. And even now, it's like they're they're much more enmeshed. But I think really, it's just like I don't want. I don't. My personally, don't enjoy that tartness with that roasted deep stoutiness. I can recognize that they are working together right now, but that doesn't mean I'm like, oh, this is chef's kiss, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, this is good. This is is doing things together, but also why I like, what I like paired with this really excellent bottom layer is not what the top layer is. Um, But I, I, again, I, I recognize that this is definitely personal preference in the sense of like, this is a really well balanced beer that like it and it's interesting and worth finding if you're at all like that sounds like maybe my jam mm-hmm. do it because it it really does like solidify it does come together later in the by the end of the ten in a really great way it's just at the end of the day the blueberry is a little too tart uh and the stout is a little too burnt coffee malty you know that i just 
this isn't the thing I aim for or want. Um, while the Wyvern True Verdant Farmhouse Spelt Pills um, was just a really good example of a farmhouse that was a, a, a pilsner that was on farmhouse style, so not quite as clean, like, like we said earlier, a little dirty, but it, it, it does, it had that like, Hey, we're in, we're finishing like a Pilsner, but here's a bit of lemon just to, just to make it a little easier. Like it's those little movements that like, it's not a journey in the same way this was, mm. but it's very consistent and it's still nuanced and a very unique beer. Um, but I would mm-hmm. easily like so the only reason I wouldn't easily say another one of these is because I generally don't go for pills yeah. not mm-hmm. um, this is a bad one of those sure. right and I think that's the thing is like if I wanted another imperial stout which is a thing I'm often wanting to do I probably wouldn't yeah. take another one of these but I wouldn't mm. turn it down sure well yeah so I guess that's the thing I think I think, I, represent- I think your love for stouts just just crept up a bit more. I yeah. Think. It's just like, yeah, may not be the best of the star, but it's still a stat. Mm. <laughs> still in Yeah. Mm. Mm. But I have learned a thing, which is I really love sours now, but I don't want them really that close to my stouts. <laughs> that's what I've learned, <laughs> I think. Uh, yeah, so so that's that's me um, nice. this week. It is the Wiper and True Verdant. Um, I, I think I'm going to go similarly, um, because... As You're also going to pick my beer. Yes, um, as this um, <laughs> as this imperial stout also unfolded, and that vanilla just died down a little bit, and more of those flavors were able to kind of push through. They still didn't push through very strongly, so the coconut mm. it then kind of takes over a little bit, and I'm still not getting a huge amount of the coffee. I'm not getting any of the chipotle. Still, it's just that that vanilla has tempered down very slightly to then allow the coconut to, to just just slide in a little bit more and you then suddenly realize with that vanilla dropping down that oh yes this is a boozy beer and that mm. does kick in i appreciate that I, absolutely if it's a 12 percent beer tell me it's a 12 percent beer i've got absolutely no problem with that but the vanilla hid it so much in that first third of the glass that when it does hit you like oh wow okay uh sure um you know you, you could not know that this was a 12 percent beer within that first third at all and then suddenly yeah. it kind of kicks in and it's I quite was wondering jarring. about the vanilla there mm. because it, it's such a good like pairing with sweet mm-hmm. mm. but once you like adapt to it absolutely and, it, and it's quite jarring to suddenly be like wow this is very very boozy coming through with a mm. little bit of coconut and not much else. Everything else is kind of you know, paired back quite significantly. Um, whereas the, uh, the the double IPA, uh, I was never sure how much of you I could let in, the name of it, um, is, is balanced very well. It, it, it has some lovely flavours to it. Um, that, that Nelson really shines. It's got a lot of grape on there, a little bit of maybe mango, a little bit of tropical fruit in there as well, just to balance that out. A slight sort of dryness to it. And yes, I, I think I said when I drank it, had this had that extra level of kind of piney bitterness to it, it would have been a top draw beer. Absolutely fantastic. Mm. And it kind of maybe fell short slightly, but it's 
balanced really, really well. And just, I think, that's where boundary work excellently. Is it in that high IPA to double IPA kind of level? Um, that is, you know, what they do really, really well. Very, very balanced double IPAs. And this is kind of no yeah. exception to that. Yes, I would have preferred for my preferences that little bit of extra bitterness. But this is made very, very excellently. It balances things out really, really well. So that is my pick for this week. It's the, the Boundary Double IPA. Nice. nice. Yeah. Thank you, Callum. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Callum, for, for shipping those over. I've got a few to um, to ship over to him this week at some point. We'll see what comes back again. A uh, little bit of whiplash next time, Callum. Maybe. I, I like um, that you have a little... Uh, I, I'm a touch jealous that you have a little bit of a, a beer club going on. Oh, no. Absolutely. I, I, I've got... How much does it take to ship? How much does yeah. it cost to ship? Um, pass. It wasn't much. Like okay, not, maybe a fiver, maybe. Okay. Maybe not quite that. Well, I guess I guess, I guess if you you just shipping cans back, it's it's probably much safer than bottles. Yes. Yeah, I, yeah, I, think, yeah. I think the fact that a lot yeah. of people shifted to cans made this type of sort of mm. off the cuff shipping more easy. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I never thought of they that. require yeah. way so, less yeah. like padding, and they're just lighter. Mm. Oh, that's mm. that's it. The, the weight of the package sure. I sent was 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 tiny. So yeah, mm. it wasn't much at all. Um, if you listener have a uh, a beer that you've drank from the bevy of beers that we have had, and you have a preference this week or something you just want to tell us about. Let us know at Tanks Upcast on Twitter. You can go to outoflives.net as well and find the podcast, comment on the posts there, or come to the Out of Lives YouTube and comment on the video. We will find it. We will talk to you about it. You can also come to the Discord. Uh, we can't give you a link here because it's an awkward link to get to the Discord. But you can message any of us. Uh, hey! You can look in the Twitch chat. If you're watching this on YouTube, message one of us. I'm at Nova <laughs> underscore 47. Adler's at the Omniarch. Lucy is Juicy Loose 9. Um, as I say, go to Out of Lives and see everything else that we do over Out of Lives or stick around on our Twitch channel to see the different streams that we put together. Uh, have either of you got any? Give us. Mm. Yeah, I was going to say, give us tips how to smuggle beer across the border. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. And, uh, yeah. And I, I, I want to know some good Saisons out there. Ooh. Long line of. Oh yeah, this is definitely coming saisons. to saison season too. Gosh, it's it's felt like twenty years. I just need some good saisons. Mm. I had a um, beer from Pastore. Ooh. Um, why are they? They're they are up north. Yes. But mm. yeah, but uh, I think it was just their normal house saison mm-hmm. or something like that. And it's just man, it was good. It's mm. Just like, why do people not make more of these? All the time. Agreed, yeah, they should. <laughs> As I would say, tis the saison. Um, it is. I avoided... Nice I, farmhouse. I said nice season saison, and I was like, don't, you can't say it now. Yeah. <laughs> um, good. Nice dirty farmhouse Those, those dirty, yeah, those dirty, <laughs> dirty <laughs> leftover beers that no one wants except us. Give it, give them all to us. Uh, yeah, that is us this week. As I say, let us know what you've been drinking, what you've been playing. Uh, come and chat to us generally over on the Discord. Um, oh, it's May 4th. Oh, Star yeah, we were t-shirt. definitely going to start. That's what we needed. I'm a Wookiee. Yep. Hey. 
Or an Ewok. I'm from Endor. Yeah, you mean the fourth moon of, right? What a wonderful place. What a wonderful place for us to uh, for Look, us to finish. There there are different ways you can celebrate Star Wars Day, but for us Why not do this it? is the way. It is, exactly. Yeah. Uh, we'll finish by saying live long and prosper, and we'll catch you next week. Thanks, Gandalf. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Ferengis. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, dumb. www.outoflives.net. <laughs>